Praise the Lord. You can have your seats this morning. My name is Martha Banalia. Yes, I happen to also be married. Yes, I am enjoying freedom in Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, about Uganda. Uganda is now celebrating 60 years. But it is 60 years of what? Independence. And independence from what? From the colonial rule. Praise the Lord. I, I was not a fan of history. I actually survived through the history class. <laughs> yes, and the reason I survived through the history class, it has a lot of notes. And for some reason, every time the history teacher would come, even if it is 8 a.m., for some reason, sleep came. Do you know that uncontrollable sleep where your head goes, you try to keep it straight, and it keeps going. Praise the Lord. That was me in the history class. And you know, in the history class, they dictate notes. So you can imagine, they are dictating notes, you're dozing. So my history book, I still have it up to now because it is very dear to me. It has tongues. <laughs> because I would later go and print my friend's notes because I didn't want to write. So I would just print. But much as I wasn't a fan of history, and I did not even know the reason of history, it felt like they were really bothering us a lot with too much work. Now you see you want to be an artist. They are telling you about... Uh, the 1900 agreement, you don't know how it's going to fit in what. But I attended a class yesterday. <laughs> and guess what this class was? It was an history class. So as we were in this class, I got to appreciate the significance of history in our lives. I realized that history is very important in any man's life. It is because of history that we are here. And our lives are actually history itself. Because yesterday is gone, and today is another day. Praise the Lord. So there is history for yesterday. Many will call it history. But that history is very important in our lives because it determines how we move forward. Praise the Lord. So, the history of Uganda. You know I'm in Uganda, though I didn't put on my Gomesi today. Yes, I, I ironed it. <laughs> I looked at it. I even packed it. <laughs> I almost put it on. But I kept on wondering how I would be here in Angomis. <laughs> and my head just couldn't settle it. So I decided to go African. But I've tried to put, I have some yellow, black, red. So... <laughs> I am representing Uganda. Come on now. <laughs> so, the history of Uganda. You know, you, you know Africa was one large continent. Do you realize? We were the same people. The only thing we had, we had chiefdoms, we had kingdoms, and somehow there were no clear demarcations of these kingdoms. Eh? But the king knew where the what? The boundary was. Eh? But when colonialists started coming to our our continent, they discovered that Africa was such a resourceful continent. Praise the Lord. 
So we are in the history class for those who did not love history. So today we are going to do some history. Hallelujah. So because of that, there is, there is one man. Who remembers that man in the Berlin conference? That one, that one. Oh my God. I have comrades. <laughs> we have very many people who didn't love history. So there is that guy called Bismarck. You remember that name? Hey, that one. He went back to Europe and he decided to call for a what? A conference. And they sat in that conference. And what did they do in that conference? It is called the scramble and partitioning of Africa. So they scrambled and partitioned us. Praise the Lord. Uganda used to go, according to history, I've been reading these days. Eh? <laughs> Uganda used to go up to Naivasha. Oh, yeah. Now Bismarck decided that we stop in Busia. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So they scrambled and partitioned us and then took over. Everyone was like, Kanokange, Nekanokange. You know, Avalokole can, can possess things. Eh? Yeah. So these guys came and took over our nation. And for many years they ruled until one day, still, it had to take another amazing man who decided we need to leave Africa. Africans struggled for their independence. And for us Ugandans, lucky enough, we got our independence in 1962. Now, the whites had to vacate and leave. Mm -hmm. Because when they were in Uganda, they were the heads of states. They were the head of all departments. We even had the British Army here. Oh, yeah. And all the army, that the, our own army that we had was trained by the British Army. So our army was actually too qualified to even just take care of a small territory because many of them even fought in the World War. Praise the Lord. So they decided to leave. And for Uganda, that was what? Celebration. Now we can do what? Rule and reign over ourselves. We can make our own decisions. We can take back our territories. Uh, we have struggled to get back a few of them. Praise the Lord. But it meant that we can now have at the decision-making ability in our own hands. Praise the Lord. That some foreign man did not have to come and make decisions for us. And 60 years down the road, here we are. Praise the Lord. But... What a shock. You may say, what a shock. Are we really free? <laughs> I, I just want to know. Are we really free? And what is freedom? Because it looks like we got from one foreign government into another local government. Praise the Lord. And that is to say that freedom is not actually what we think it is. Freedom is dependent on the one who is in power. The amount of freedom they leave to you is the amount of freedom you do what? You enjoy. And because we are human beings, we are created to be directed. Otherwise, if we are left to ourselves, we'll be wild animals. Because for them, they have no rules. They have no time. They, have, like, they do whatever they want, whenever they do what? Whenever they want. In the reign of Idi Amin Dada, the man that had very many titles. He said, 
that you have freedom of what? Speech. But the freedom after the speech is not guaranteed. So you can speak, it is okay. But after you speak, that freedom is not what? Guaranteed. So even after liberation from the colonial rule, we had many other presidents that also came and do what? Gave us their own rules. Praise the Lord. And now for us as Christians, we have been singing, we are free and free indeed, which we are. But what is our freedom based on? Praise the Lord. We are still in the history class. Praise the Lord. And the someone title today is Freed for Dependence. Can you imagine? Freed for what? For dependence. You're free, but you're still dependent on someone. So in the creation story, we go back to the creation story. Where did we come from? Many of us say we came from what? Zinjothropus. Like, whatever they taught us. They taught us a lot of things in the history class. Some of us, Baganda, we came from Nambi. Eh? Eh, yeah, those two. And there are so many myths around the creation and the existence of man. Praise the Lord. But we are believers. And what does the Bible say about the existence of man? How did man come about? Praise the Lord. And the, and the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, this is what the Bible says. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Hmm? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verses 20, yeah, verses 27. So God created man in his own image. He has repeated what he said in the earlier verse. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Praise the Lord. And in verses 28, he says, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, over sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Praise the Lord. This is a text we all know. But before verses 26, God has been doing what? Creating. And he was saying, let there what? And whatever he said was. So when he reached verses 26, this time he said, let us, Make. So he needed Koram. He needed certain help. So he calls his entourage, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he tells them, you know what? Let us make man in our own image. For all his creation, he never said, let us make the bird in our own what? Ah, uh -uh. He did not say, let us make this cattle in what? In our own image. But when you reach man, you say, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. And he says, let him have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Praise the Lord. And 
image is not just a resemblance. When he said, let's create man in our own image, he did not say something that resembles us. But image means he got himself and placed himself in the man. Praise the Lord. His intellect, his emotions, his will, his understanding, the very, very nature of God, he created you and I. Praise the Lord. He made himself like we, we became God in man. Praise the Lord. And after he had made us like himself, then he says, let them do what? Have dominion over the fish. So that means he gave us dominion over whatever is in what? In the sea. He gave us dominion over everything on the earth. Whether it is creeping. I don't know how many of you fear snakes like I do. I, I can't guarantee you that I will stay here if it can. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And yet, God gave us dominion over what? Over creeping things. He gave us dominion over the birds of the air. It does not matter which kind of bird it is in the air. He gave us authority over it. He gave us dominion over it. And dominion is absolute power over anything. You are over and above that thing. No matter what it does, you have dominion over that thing. And that is the authority that God gave man. Still in verses 27, he says, so God created man in his own what? Image. And in the image of God, he created them what? Male and female. So the writer of this text realized that I have to make things what? Very clear. Eh? You know, people get sensitive. Hmm? Because of the fallen nature of man, eh, we are very insensitive to certain things we shouldn't be what? Sensitive to. So he said he created them male and female. And by creating male and female, it means that we all have the same what? Spirit. God does not have many spirits. And it's like, now you woman, I'll give you this spirit. It is a weaker spirit. Now you man, there's this masculine spirit. Eh? Enjoy it. But he gave us the very same spirit. The one that is in a man, is it the same spirit that is in a what? A woman. It is the same image that the man has, and it is the same image that a woman has. Praise the Lord. And because of that, we all have dominion over everything on earth, in heaven, and below the earth. Praise King Jesus. We all rule, and we all do what? We all dominate. Then the Bible says he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion again over the what? The same things. So the fact that God does not have legs like me, and God does not have hands like me, because there's, there's someone asked me, you say we are in God's image, why, are we, why do we look different? Uh, why, why are some black, others are brown, others are tall, others are short? Eh? But the image of God is who you are in the inside. This body is just a tent, the Bible says so. A tent that houses the spirit of God in what? In us. So who you are inside has nothing to do with who you are 
on the outside. Praise the Lord. So when he finished creating man, he did what? He blessed them. He said, man, you have my blessing. And this blessing is supposed to make you fruitful. This blessing is supposed to make you multiply. Because fruitfulness is, uh, we used, they used to describe fruitfulness as you, you give birth to one child. Or you give birth to three like me. Now me, I'm fruitful. Huh? But I, I, I only multiply when Zoe and Miles and Megan also do what? Give birth. Praise the Lord. So he gave us the ability to be fruitful, but also do what? Multiply that which he has given us. And he also says that subdue, fill the earth and subdue it. Subduing something is making it obey you. You make it do what? So God knew there are some things that will be a little stubborn. And for those things that are a little stubborn, I have also blessed you to make them what? Obey you. Praise the Lord. And he continues and says that, and you will have dominion over the same things that I have command, I've given you. So God gave us dominion. He gave us the blessing. He gave us like our lives were supposed to be the very life of God. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they, they did not struggle. The Bible says that whenever they wanted to eat something, they would just walk to the garden. Everything was on display. Whatever they wanted would just do what? Show up. They were friends to animals. That's why I think the reason why the devil, now this is me thinking, the reason why the devil used the serpent, probably it was Eve's best friend. Hmm. They used to hang out a lot. And he's like, how can I get to this girl? So the devil entered the serpent. Praise the Lord. But we had freedom. The things that scare us now, we were supposed to dominate them. That is the history of man. We are doing history. You want to know who you are. That is who you are. Some of us, you, you cannot survive under the Indian Ocean. I usually watch documentaries, and there are weird things under there. And I wonder which human being wants to be down there. Now, me, when I see a snake, I scatter. Even a mere caterpillar. Yes, there are some people who run away from cockroaches. And yet you're African. Praise the Lord. Africans run from cockroaches. And yet they were there in your mother's home. Before you got your own. Praise the Lord. So the things that are scaring us now, were things we're supposed to do what? To dominate. We had become co-creators with God. And he gave man the authority to even name his creation. And he gave man the ability to continue the work of creation that he had won. He had started. So man was highly dependent on who? On God. Everything that man had was what? Was God himself. God created man that he should be in a relationship with that man. That's why he said, let us make him in our own image and likeness. Finally, out of all my creation, there is one I can sit down with and we talk. There is one I can come and relate with. Because God couldn't relate with the animals. But now, in the cool of the day, he would come. 
and just sit down with Adam. And they just think. And they just imagine. And they just co-create. Praise the Lord. But something happened along the way. We're in history, right? Yes. It is important you know these things. Yeah. So that they don't tell you. Jipidi and Labongo. Yeah, the, the, those ones which I'll do for passing exams. Yeah. And then, something happened along the way. Remember at this time, the devil was in the area. The devil had been thrown away from heaven. How? We don't know. That's why this creation story. By the time God created the world, I think there was already a world what? Existing. And the devil had been thrown out of heaven. And, then, and Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not do what? Eat. Why? For in the day that you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. So man is free. God gave man freedom on this earth. God gave man freedom in the air. God gave man freedom in the sea. Like man had freedom. But there is one thing that God was telling man. Everything else is yours. But this one, don't do what? Don't touch. And it is the tree of knowledge and evil. In every home there are rules. And we don't set rules because our children... We are trying to make life hard for our children. Although they think so. Praise the Lord. But we put rules and regulations to protect them from things they do not want. No. So God gives Adam this directive that don't touch that tree. Because God knew the moment Adam touches this tree, something will happen. And once that thing happens to Adam, there was no way... Adam would remain alive. And alive in this sense we are talking about, there was no way he would spiritually be alive. Praise the Lord. And then, the cunning Satan comes. Remember, in Revelations, the Bible talks about when Satan was thrown out of heaven. The Bible says that heaven rejoiced. They rejoiced and they felt sorry for the inhabitants of what? Of the, can you imagine? Heaven feeling sorry for the inhabitants of what? Of the earth. Because this dude was not a joke. Praise the Lord. So, he comes around. And in Genesis 3, 1 to 4, he told Eve, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... Can you imagine? So he's trying to create a little doubt in Eve's mind. That has God really said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, hmm, you will not surely die. God knows, God knows very well that in the day you eat of it, 
your eyes will be what? Open. And you will be like God, knowing what? Good and evil. So, Satan was right. He knew certain things that even Adam didn't know. Praise the Lord. Because it is for that very reason that he was thrown out of what? Of heaven. Praise the Lord. So, he knew that the only way he can separate God and man, the only way he can separate that relationship is by making man touch that fruit. And the moment man, the Bible says, even God himself said, the moment you touch it, you will finally get to know what? Good and evil. And Satan said, you will be like God, and that is true. But the thing is, even before, they were like God. Even before they were like God, because he made them in his own image. And in, in his own likeness, they carried the same abilities. Praise the Lord. But just because man was on earth and God was in heaven. Praise the Lord. But now, Satan says that when you touch, you will become like him. But the thing that Adam and Eve did not know, that they were actually like God himself. They were like God, but they were not aware that they were like God himself. Why? Because it was natural. It's like when you give birth to a kid, you don't have to tell them, I am your mother. They know you are. And the day someone asks them, is she really your mother? When a child is young, they'll, they'll look at that person as what? Stupid. When they are grown up and they have been corrupted with many things, they'll be like, talk about it. <laughs> mm, by the way. So, Satan created doubt in Eve's mind. And he knew that once you know, the problem is once you know, you cannot unknow. Once knowledge has come to you, there is no way you can unknow what you have known. And knowing that they are like God and can be like God, they would find themselves in the very same position that Satan is, where they want to replace God. And God said that day you will touch it and get to know the truth. I will cast you out and I will leave you. My presence will go. Because what I have put in you is big enough. It can shake the whole world. Once you get to know it, you can use it for what? For anything. And as you read down, Eve actually did what? Touched the fruit. And she didn't touch alone. She touched with Adam. And all of a sudden, they realize that they are what? They are naked. But they have always been naked. They have always been what? Naked. But because they were not aware of good and evil, they could not separate what is good and what is evil. They were just living life and enjoying the freedom that God had given them. And because they touched, they are now aware that they are what? So God comes and is like, Adam, Adam, where are you? He's like, I am in the trees. <laughs> and he's like, where are you hiding? He's like, I am naked. And the first question God asked him, who told you? Trouble in the area. Who told you you're naked? And God asked have you touched the forbidden fruit? And Adam starts to see this woman, the woman, ah, the woman said the serpent. And the serpent is like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, because of that, God had already made a decree that whoever touches that fruit, you're dead. You will surely die. And for us, death is separation from God. Once God leaves man, Man is dead. Praise the Lord. 
man is dead. And when we are dead, then the things that were supposed to have dominion over will now dominate us. The things will now rule us. And Satan knew if I do that, then I'll have them. And that is how the fall of man came about. Now all of us inherited the sin of Adam. We all became who Adam is. And whichever judgment Adam received, we also did what? We also received. So you, you are born a sinner. You are born in sin. You, you, you abuse and you don't know why you are abusing. You just don't like your neighbor. The neighbor's done nothing, but you just don't like them. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Like sin is inbuilt in you. No one has to teach you to sin. Even the ones that say that I was taught. No, you wanted it. Because for teaching, you can reject what you don't want. But because there is already sin in us, because of that sin, then we were alienated from the life of Christ. That dominion was no longer our portion. Then man was no longer fruitful. The, the Adamic curse where God cast the ground and man has to toil for something to eat became our normal. And up to this day, men are still operating under these curses. That man works so hard only to get so little. That unless you sweat, unless you, you struggle in life, you cannot get a thing. Praise the Lord. And the curse followed us and followed us and man continued in sin. And, and, and God was no longer in charge of our lives. But the enemy did whatever he wanted with us. The devil was take, he had taken control. We were no longer free. Yes, we had been colonized by the devil. The house that was once the house of God had become the house of the devil. So now men started ruling each other. Men started killing each other. All kinds of sin. Like the moment you find out something, you realize you are deep in this thing and you are not aware. Praise the Lord. I remember there was one time. I have grown up in church. I always say this. I cannot, like that's my history. I cannot form up any other history. That I went to that club, I did not. But I grew up in church. And I was very careful not to sin. Very what? Very careful. At least the sins that people see. <laughs> eh? And then I would judge people who do certain things. And I'm like, eh, how, do, how do they do those things? Hmm? Until one day, the thing I knew, I would even tell everyone, me, I can't do that. I love God too much. I will not say it here. I know you're all waiting. <laughs> I did it. And when I did it, I was also shocked. Kombe, I had the ability. I, I just didn't know that I could do it. Then from that day, the cross started meaning sense. I'm like, Jesus, thank you for dying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for what? For dying. Because even us, you can be there and you're like, ah, the sweeper thieves. She, that woman killed the husband. How? Until one day you also get a knife and stab him in his life. Like, eh. Have you been to Lozilla and you're talking to those women? They're actually very good women. Very loving women. And you're like, you really stabbed your husband? Yes, I did. And she's like, you also don't know how it happened. 
There is a sinful nature. When you say you cannot do anything, eh? you are lying to yourself. There is a pastor, a pastor, he died actually. He said, you have not just been put in the atmosphere. <laughs> but once you are exposed to that atmosphere, you will realize anything is possible. Praise the Lord. So that is how fallen man was. We tried to be good, but the good nature was not in what? In us. We tried. Yes, yeah, some of us tried who were in charge. Others were like, uh-uh, can't stay. This thing of good is impossible. For us, we were like, uh-uh, there's some hope. Because we knew there is hell. And like, somehow, I'll sneak in heaven, somehow. Uh, that day, God will find me clean. Praise the Lord. But them that gave up, and us who kept on trying, we were all the same. Because we are all the seed of what? Of Adam. And because of that, we became slaves. In the school of ministry, they teach us about the huperitas. You are not in charge. So what the devil does, he, he helps you think you are in charge. But actually, he is the one in charge. So you're either the slave of the devil or you're a slave of what? Of God. But, tell your neighbor, but God did not sit, just sit in heaven to watch man crumble, to watch the enemy take his own creation. So the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verses 18, that therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Jesus comes in as the superstar. He came in to save us. He came to give us the freedom that was taken from us. And he says that just as we became sinners because of what Adam did, because none of us was there, he, he says the same thing happens, that by one man's righteous act, we are all justified. Not after the fulfilling the law, not that you have done anything, not that you, have, you are perfect in your thinking, you are not perfect, you are not perfect in your speaking, but because Jesus was perfect... Then the same perfection was extended to who? You and I. So finally, Jesus comes to take us back to the Garden of Eden. He came to take us, to give us back our dominion. He came to give us back our fruitfulness. He came to make us sons and daughters of God like we were in the very beginning, where we were innocent, not unaware of good or evil, where we were just enjoying life and having everything to our display, taking care of God's creation and multiplying it. So Jesus came and took us back to that very position. Praise the Lord. So we are free, and we are free indeed. And our freedom is based on only one man. I am telling you, you are in the history class. Our freedom is based on who? 
until you know what Jesus has done for you and the price he has paid for you, you will never be a free man. You will always feel like you need to do certain things to be qualified. You will always feel like you have what it takes to be right. You will always feel like I can make it to heaven without any help. But until you know how fallen you are and what Christ did for you, that he just came and just turned you around. And all of a sudden, you who was in chains, the chains were broken. You who was drowning in sin, sin no longer has any hold on you. The power of sin was broken. And the Bible says that to whom the son sets free is free indeed. And now our freedom is in Christ. And he says for freedom, you and I have been saved. We are free in Christ Jesus. It is because of Jesus and by Jesus that I have a right standing with God. That I dominate over this world. That I stay and I subdue whatever wants to glorify itself over and above the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. In him, in Christ Jesus, we move. We live and have our being. In him we have victory. And the victory is guaranteed for us. The battles will come. The storms will come. Moments of fire will come. But your victory has been guaranteed by the one man, Jesus Christ. So because of him we reign in this life and take dominion. Over what God gave us. So now we still have authority over the birds of the air. We can still claim that promise. Yeah. We have authority over the fish of the sea. We can command snakes. They better not come. You do what? We can. He has given us freedom in this world. Where we can live free and set apart. That our freedom is based on that blood. The blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that now there is no condemnation. For those who are what? In Christ Jesus. We are free of condemnation. What that tree of good and evil did. It contaminated the conscience of, uh, of Adam and Eve. They, they were now very cautious of themselves. They began to condemn themselves of the things they used to do before. And now they are aware they are not right. And God is wondering, how did you know that? But the Bible says in Hebrews that the blood of Jesus purges our conscience. That now we are no longer conscious of sin, but we are conscious of Christ Jesus and what he has done for us. That every day I wake up and I'm like, I am the righteousness of God. I am not aware of anything bad around me, but I am God's own creation. I am the beloved of God. So the blood of Jesus purges our conscience because many of us have a so sin conscience. The enemy has lied to us that we cannot get over it. That even when they say you can make it, you're like me? I don't think so. Praise the Lord. But what God says you are, my brother and sister you are. What he says I have given you, he has given you. He has given us freedom to reign in this world. But our freedom is not to do whatever we want. Our freedom is based on Christ and what Christ has done for us. We have given our lives to him. He did not spare his own son, 
but gave him up for us. Jesus did not hold back his life for our freedom so that we might give him our lives and he gives us his life. So the life that I live on this earth is not my own, but it is the life of Christ himself. So Jesus becomes my model on how to live life. Whatever Jesus did, I can do, and even much more. Because in three years, he did amazing things. I have a lifetime. So that's why he says, greater things than I have done, you will do. Because you have more time, and you have more opportunities. Praise the Lord. So today, as we celebrate the independence of Uganda, I want to remind you that you have a freedom that is better than what Uganda got. You have a freedom to change your life around and make it what God says he wants it to be. Whatever you seem is hard for you, God says I've already done it. All you have to do is walk in it. Praise the Lord. We were in our MC Zone 1 the other day and one of us was telling us their vision for their missional community. And she says, the vision scares the hell out of me. I am like, yeah, the vision is supposed to scare you. Why? Because you're not the one doing it. If you can do it, then it's, it's not a vision. Just go and do it. Praise the Lord. So, he says, she says, the vision scares the hell out of me. And this is what God wants me to do for this community. And I'm telling you, by the time God speaks it, he has already done it. Because in his mind, he has given you whatever it takes to make it happen. Praise the Lord. So I want you to celebrate freedom. But as you celebrate freedom, just know that whatever was for man in the Garden of Eden, God has also made for you and I. He has redeemed us. He has liberated us. God has justified us. He has reinstated us as his children. He has given us access and dominion. And because of Jesus and by Jesus, we have a right standing. Praise the Lord. And last Sunday, we got to find out that our, our faith is based on nothing else but on the Christ and what he has done. We do not say that we are going to do it. We say he is more than able to do it through me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we end service today, I want to give an opportunity to someone who has not enjoyed this freedom at all. You are living a life and you wonder whether God cares about you or not. You feel like you have tried, but it is not working. And you're like, let me try this one more time. And God, if you don't come through, I am done. But God is saying, I died that you might have life and life in its fullness. I died that you may enjoy the freedom that I have freely given you. Before you even had it all together, I sent my son to die for you. And the only thing he's asking of us that believe my son. And he says that whoever believes him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Believing is not work. Believing is a state of your mind. Believing is surrender. You surrender it all to him. And you say, no matter what happens, I am with you. Whether death or life, 
have your way. Whether sickness or health, I am all yours. And that is the faith that moves God. And that is the faith that moves mountain. Praise the living God. So if there is anyone that wants to give their lives to Christ, you can walk to the front.